Thanks for tuning in to Farmer Theologian, a podcast designed to help you build deeply rooted practical theology. Let's get to work. Before we get into today's episode, let me tell you about Squirrely Joe's Coffee. There are a few things as important as fellowship. Taking the time to spread the gospel is our duty as Christians, but sharing the word over a warm cup of Squirrely Joe's Coffee is their passion. Like the caffeine coursing through their veins, they're energized by their calling and emboldened to model their relentless faith. Based in only Illinois, their association with the endangered white squirrel isn't just a novelty. It's a reminder that his majesty can come in the most unexpected of places, in a humble white squirrel, through a chance conversation, and even in a simple cup of joe. Share coffee, serve humbly, live faithfully, Squirrely Joe's Coffee. Let me just add, friends, why buy your coffee from pagans if you could buy from Christian brothers and sisters? Let me encourage you, go to squirrelyjoes.com order some coffee, maybe even sign up for a subscription, support this brother and his family as they seek to honor the Lord through their coffee. Now, into today's episode. Well, all right, friends, we're back with another episode of Farmer Theologian, episode 43. I pray that you find this episode preparing for a great Thursday. If you're here in America, it's, of course, Thanksgiving Day, and I pray that your heart is filled with thankfulness, not only today, but all throughout the year. In fact, that's what I want to talk about today. As I was thinking about recording an episode for this week while you're listening to this, if you're listening to it on the day it comes out, I'm probably smoking a brisket, not actually recording this podcast. Um, That's what I have planned for the day before Thanksgiving and then enjoying that brisket on Thursday. What a great way to spend a couple days, one whole day smoking a brisket and then another whole day enjoying a brisket. Isn't that amazing? I hope whatever you are doing this Thanksgiving Day, you are doing it uh, to the glory of the Lord. You are enjoying time with family, friends, with the saints of the Lord. And I wanted to encourage you in that with just some reflections on the book of Colossians. In my church, Grace Community Baptist Church of Elgin, Texas, we are currently preaching through the book of Colossians. It has been a great joy to me. I think it has been a great blessing to our church as we're seeing uh, spiritual fruit from it. And we have been recently looking at the paragraph that comes in the middle of chapter 3 on uh, living transformed lives. I think chapter 3 of Colossians is maybe my favorite chapter in Scripture. I have seen it have such a great impact in my own life. I have seen it have a great impact in counseling in particular. If you're a biblical counselor, you should be well steeped in Colossians chapter 3 because it really gives us uh, a biblical pattern for transformed living. It starts with in chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, telling us where to set our thinking and our affections. We are to set our mind on things above, set our affections on things above. That leads us to putting off sin, which is highlighted from verses 5 through 11. We are putting off sins of the flesh. We're putting off sins that uh, show a hatred for others. And then that leads to putting on righteousness. Um, In verses 12 through 17, we're putting on the righteous opposite of those sins that we're putting off. That is a a full biblical picture of repentance, is to put off sin and to put on righteousness, having our minds renewed in Christ. What a glorious picture of repentance that is. And right in the midst of that uh, section, that section on putting on righteousness, there are three distinct mentions of thankfulness and of gratitude. And it really shows us that there is an emphasis, right? As repetition in Scripture is one of the tools that Scripture uses to bring about emphasis. And so there are three verses right in a row that all mention thanksgiving. And that should show us that there is an emphasis on the new man, the new life in Christ, being marked by gratitude, being marked by thankfulness. And so 
I wanted to highlight that particular section for you today as you prepare for Thanksgiving, as you prepare for time for family. I want to encourage you with these reminders because the holidays can often be a time of busyness, a time of strife, even a time when folks that we haven't seen and we haven't had to deal with those relationships in a while are, are coming back around us in the holidays. So sometimes there can be a lot of stumbling blocks around the holidays. And I want to help you avoid those by setting your mind on Christ and by helping you think about the reasons that we have to be thankful. So let me read to you uh, three verses. Colossians 3, 15 through 17. I'm going to be reading these, of course, from the non-Arminian Standard Bible, the NAS 95. It's my brother Daryl Harrison calls it the non-Arminian Standard Bible. Uh, if you have your Bible, let me encourage you to get it out and read these. If, if not, take a mental note of this. If you're driving or you're listening on the road or something like that, take a mental note and spend some time meditating on these three verses uh, sometime today. Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. This is such a great passage for us as we think about this time, this holiday of Thanksgiving, on what produces true biblical, unshakable joy in Thanksgiving. You see, far too often when we think about Thanksgiving, we're thinking about all the things. We think about what we have to be thankful for. We're thinking about our house, our family, our dog, uh, whatever the, the great food is that we love on Thanksgiving. I love brisket all the time, but Thanksgiving, yet another reason to love brisket, right? We have all these different things that we think about that we're thankful for. But really those are fleeting things. And it's not that we shouldn't be thankful for those things. I'm not trying to discourage you from being thankful for those things. But if our thankfulness is primarily rooted in things, it will be shifting. It will be fleeting. It will be dependent on, upon our circumstances. But there are three distinct things highlighted in these three verses that produce thanksgiving that are unshakable. The first is letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. That that word for rule there, it, it carries the idea of the Olympic Games, the referee or the umpire who would set the rule, who would, who would dictate what the rules were in an athletic competition. And that's a great picture for us of the umpire. The umpire is the one who calls balls and strikes, right? If you, if you played baseball or you understand baseball or really understand any competition, you know that it is a, a self-seeking enterprise. Both teams or both individuals involved in the competition are seeking themselves. And so they're always going to see the rules in light of what most benefits themselves. And without an umpire, without a referee there to be the, that neutral voice to call balls and strikes, to rule over that competition, it's just chaos, right? And that's the great picture of what a piece of Christ is to be in our lives, as our emotions are pushing one way, as our circumstances are pushing one way, as uh, strife in the culture is pushing us to think a certain way, as, as our friends are pushing us to think a certain way, it is the peace of Christ that is to rule. It is the peace of Christ that is to call balls and strikes, to be the one that controls our life and behavior. And as we do that, we can truly be thankful. If we're letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, which is the perfect, uh, which is indeed our calling as Christians, right? If we're letting that peace of Christ rule in our hearts, then we can be thankful in an unshakable way. The second thing is in verse 16, letting the word of Christ 
dwell richly in us. This is such a great way to have true thankfulness. Letting the word of Christ dwell richly within you with all wisdom and uh, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. What a beautiful picture that is of dwelling dwelling richly. It's not coming for a visit, right? We are not called to let the, the word of Christ visit us on uh, for, for 15 to 20 minutes every morning or, or to, to stop and say hi once a week in the church service. We are called to let the word of Christ richly dwell within us, to take up residence, to take ownership of our life, not to be visitor, but to be dwelling in us, to, to take up residence in us. And that produces singing, joy, thankfulness. Dear friends, if you're lacking thankfulness in your life, one of the best things you can do is get your mind off yourself and get your mind on the Lord. And there is no better way to do that than dwelling on Scripture, His perfect revelation of Himself, His perfect revelation of His ways, His perfect revelation of His will, His record of His history and His uh, plan of redemption throughout history. What glorious truth this is for us to dwell on, and that will necessarily produce thanksgiving. It will be as though we always have a song of thankfulness on our minds, on on our lips. And then the third thing, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So as the peace of Christ dwells in us, it or, or rules in our hearts, it produces thankfulness. As the word of Christ dwells in us richly, it produces thankfulness. And dear friends, as we set ourselves, as we fix our eyes on everything we do, bringing glory to the Lord, doing it in His name, which is recognizing His authority and submission to His Lordship, as we do that, as we seek to glorify Him in all things, it will produce thankfulness. That's an amazing truth that can defy all circumstances. If our thankfulness is dependent upon our circumstances, then our thankfulness will waver here and there depending on what our circumstances are. But if our goal, if our chief aim is to glorify Him in everything we do, everything we say in word or deed, if our goal is to glorify Him, then we can be thankful in any circumstance. If our goal is our pleasure, it's going to be very much dependent on our circumstances. But if our goal is His pleasure, is delighting in Him, is glorifying Him, then we can be thankful even for trials because they give us an opportunity to glorify Him. So dear friends, if you're lacking thanksgiving, again, get the attention off yourself. Make it your aim this holiday season. Make it this aim when that annoying family member comes over. Make it your aim when you're tired from all of the, the busyness of preparing to host family or to go visit family or making sure you have all the gifts uh, purchased or whatever it is, make it your aim to glorify God in everything, and that will lead you to true thanksgiving. So three things for growing your thankfulness and having an unwavering thankfulness, not only today, not only this holiday season, but all the time. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you and do all that you do in word or deed for the glory of the Lord. This will produce in you an unshakable thanksgiving. Friends, I hope this message encourages you encourages you as you uh, prepare for your holiday season. May the Lord bless you richly with his grace and his love this holiday season. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Farmer Theologian as we all continue to build deeply rooted practical theology.